Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. Welcome, everyone. I'm sure everyone is super excited for this. This is the first edition, the first podcast of Advice from a Call Center Geek, which is a a new podcast that we are presenting out there that will deal with all things contact center, call center, technology, customer service, anything that has to deal with um, the call center world. We're going to discuss and we're going to talk about, we're going to try to give you actionable items that you can take into your contact center and and make some awesome changes to try to help. My name is Tom Laird. I am the author of Advice from a Call Center Geek, which is a book that I wrote earlier this year and that dealt with many of the topics that we're going to discuss. This podcast gives me a forum to to talk a a little bit more in depth, to to give some more real-time, real-life stories and, and some some good examples that I think can really help in your contact center. I'm also the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing, and Expedia is a we're a BPO, so we're a call center outsourcer. We're, we're 100% American. We're located in Erie, Pennsylvania. We're about a five six hundred seat center, and I want to use this forum again to to help you. I want to talk about a lot of the different things that that contact center managers and supervisors and even associates struggle with. And, and how we can make the environment better, how we can do things differently, and, and how we can turn that call center from maybe somewhere where that someone dreads to go into to something that's fun, that's inviting, so that most importantly, we have you know really happy employees, but as important or maybe more important, we have really happy customers. So let's kick this thing off, start this with who the heck am I, where am I from, I used to be the, the head of call center operations from a call center that will remain nameless. I started there when I was very young and you know started in the IT side of it. So I worked you know the help desk, working on some of the programming um, when I was in high school and college and decided I really didn't like the the non-people aspect of it. So I you know kind of asked I guess for a transfer or asked to go out onto the floor. So I became a rep for a while and became a supervisor. And um, next thing you know, I was running some shifts and um, a couple years later became the head of call center operations for about a, at the time, about at our peak, we we're about 1,100 seats, um, about, you know, 1,500 employees. So things were going really good. We worked for a lot of financial services organizations. So Bank of America, Citibank, Chase, GE Capital, Regions, um, HSBC. We are Bank of America's largest outsourced USA center. So while things you know on that front were really good, the economy started to turn, as many of you know, in that 2008, 2009, 2000, you know, even 10 world. So working for banks became went from you know really the best thing you could do or one of the best customers you could have to to one of the worst so marketing budgets got cut they moved offshore uh we got beat up pretty good we were not diversified enough through uh through the types of customers and the types of business that we had while we were diversified in in the companies but you know we, we struggled with the channel so 
lo and behold, we had some saviors come in, right? We had some private equity guys that said, hey, you guys have been doing a great job for many years. I'm just going to, we're going to help you get through this. No changes are going to happen. Well, as many of you can relate to that. A couple months later, everybody was pretty much let go. Everybody meaning, you know, most of the management staff, QA programmers, you know, enough to maybe start another company. So we, uh, I pulled everybody together for lunch a couple weeks later and said, guys, what do you want to do? We can all go look for new jobs or we still have a ton of experience. We have a really good reputation. Um, we know some people in the industry now. You want to try to do this again. So I went out and uh, everybody kind of agreed and I went out and tried to find some money, which, you know, I might do a whole podcast or maybe three or four podcasts just on that, um, talking about the pains of that. But I was able to piece together some money um, over about a year and a half period that we were at least able to get a place to get some workstations, to get some computers, to um, start up within contact and have a, you know, a, a great cloud telephony provider. And we started. We started with four employees. So that was eight years ago. We've grown it to about, a, like I said, right now we're about at a 550-seat site and look to be moving towards a six to 700-seat capability here in, in, in 2019. So um, pretty cool story, I think. Um, I have a, a lot of experience over the you know almost 30 years that I've, I've been, uh, 25 years I've been in the, in the industry. I am currently on the Nice and Contact ICVC board, which is their customer and, and kind of champion council. So any type of new technologies that, that are out in the industry that Nice and Contact wants to put out, you know, they kind of get our input in first. Um, we get to be test sites for all the new technology and also just try to help guide them as, as customers that are really dealing with, with the contact center universe and, and touching it every day, try to help them guide them into to what we're looking for and, and what's going to be selling and what customers are going to be wanting. So, um, you know, I, I've had a great relationship with them and, and have a lot of insight into the newer technologies that are out there in the, in the workplace as well or in the call center. So, all right, having said that, let's try to see if we can help you, uh, you know, relate a little bit and see if we can help your call center you know, just today. And what I wanted to talk about is why your call center stinks. And you might not think your call center stinks. And I guess there's there's relative, you know, I don't know, some stink more than others, right? Um, but a lot of you struggle. And I, I know a lot of you have, have pain points that are, that are out there. So when we get called in um, here at Expedia to either consult or if a customer wants to outsource, you know, there's pretty much seven... I don't know. I don't want to call them deadly sins, but seven things that are that are really prevalent into into when we see they're having struggles. So let's talk about some of these and see if you can relate or if some of these kind of resonate in in your call center. I I would assume because even in mine, I have a couple of these issues. Everybody has a couple of these issues, but I would assume that you know some of these are are in yours as well. So you know the first thing that we we question you know, when a customer comes to us is, you know, who has the say in the customer service call center if they're looking to outsource their, their customer support? So that's another thing. You know, we do a lot of different call center work, inbound, a little bit of outbound, more customer base, you know, email, chat, all that. But, you know, let's focus so much, you know, just on the, on that customer service voice and, and those types of channels. So, 
you know, the first question is, you know, who's running the call center? Um, who's the the squeaky wheel that that everybody has to make sure that they're pleasing, right? Is it uh, is it the finance department? Is it the guys that are paying the bills? Is it the marketing department? Is it the sales execs? You know, who's the the, the dominant personality in this that kind of drives, you know, what the the, the people who are running the call center, um, what they're trying to do? So. The first thing that we see is is a lot of times when the finance people, right, when the people who who are 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 doing the reports, who are paying the bills, who are who are looking at all the 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 money coming in and coming out, when they have the say, um, the customer really really takes a, a a tough rap, right? High service levels they don't mean that much. You know what does mean things is handle time. How many calls are you taking? Are you getting any sales? Um, we need to make sure that we're on calls, we're answering calls, um, break time and lunch time, and, and you know, really watching over the reps with a, a very firm hand. You know, making sure that you know all the eyes, the 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 T's are crossed, the eyes when it comes to break time, when it comes to handle time, um, all those things. You know, take the precedent when the customer really should be taking the precedent. So if the customer needs some extra time, it doesn't matter. Right, and that poses a lot of problems, not just for the customer, but you know, you we've all been there with supervisor trying to get people off the phone or trying to wrap up, you know, calls or, or getting on after call work. You know, that's a, that's you know a little over aggressive. So that's one of the things why why customers and NPS and, and CSAT score struggle is is the finance guys. You know, the other side of the coin is is you know the marketing guys, uh, the marketing and the sales execs. So we have a lot of marketing people who are running the outsourcing. Um, they are mostly, you know, worried about conversion. They're worried about upsells. They're worried about cross sells, and we see a lot of misconnects and dis misconnects. I don't know if that's word disconnects. You know, when when the cross sell effort doesn't match the call that the customer is calling in on, that the selling effort and those KPIs we are measured are measured um, at, at a greater length than than the customer service and the customer support KPIs. You know, we all know the the call center, and some of you might have it that when when a customer calls in for a sales, you know, when they're going to go try to buy something, their their uh, their SLA, their service level might be you know an eighty ten um, or a ninety ten. When the customer support, it could be a you know a, most of the calls answered within three minutes or less. So we see that, and we see the the disconnect with that. So you have to kind of. You know, see, you know, who's running the call center. Um, you, you have to temper some of that. So, you know, that's kind of one of the things that we really look at when, when somebody comes. So that's the first the first way that your call center stinks. Um, the people who are running it, the people who, who are, are the squeaky wheel are, are putting their foot down a little bit too much. Number two, the second way and the second reason that we see that call centers in operation stink is the education. You know, we say we don't train anyone. I think you, you train animals, you educate people. So many customers of ours rush training to get reps on the phone to try to get that ROI, to try to get them to be able to do their job in a, at a time frame that's too quick. So they educate mostly on what to click, where to click. They don't educate on how to talk to the customer, um, how to use proper language, um, how to delight the tone of your voice. Um, all those types of things kind of get washed under or customers don't really know how to do it and it's a little bit more difficult for them. So, you know, one of the things that we really focus on is is education, not only of, of just programs, but, you know, we pull our reps 
every program gets one hour of, of education that is not billed to the client where we talk about soft skills. We talk about, uh, you know, talking with a smile. You know, we will record and, and look at sentiment from our speech analytics to make sure that every customer is, is getting a rep that, you know, is, is worthy of that company. So, again, education, super important. The third way that we, we see customers really struggle is no fluid processes. You know, this, this goes to customers calling in. Uh, maybe there's a really confusing IVR. They get to a wrong rep. Um, the first call resolution isn't there. They're getting transferred back and forth. The CRM is not very good, right? So you don't know why that customer has been calling in three or four times. You don't even know that they called in three or four times. The disjointedness of, of different departments, and we see this with a lot of larger call centers and companies. You know, we see this a lot with uh, you know the uh, the cables, the cable areas, the, the satellite companies. You know, those types of areas that you know they're so huge, they've they've grown so fast um, that their processes, their IVRs, nothing flows together, and there's nothing that frustrates a customer more than than that. The fourth thing, which I think is may surprise people or, or maybe a little bit different than, than what you're used used to is is that everybody, I believe, and we're gonna do a full podcast on this, measures the wrong metrics. We are so focused on metrics like first call resolution, service level adherent, adherence, uh, talk time, um, that we struggle then with what a a customer really makes them happy. Get that out of my mouth. So those types of things are are tools and those types of metrics are tools that we measure to make sure our reps are in a ballpark. But the problem is too many people use first call resolution, service level, adherence, you know, talk times to justify a world-class contact center. You know, the problem with that is that all you're doing is listening to one side of the story and you're not listening to the customer side. So that's where NPS comes in to a certain extent. And I know there's a lot of uh, NPS people out there that you know would, would you know, really believe in that. And while I, I do too, I think there's something better now. And you know we have found it with our speech analytics and the sentiment reporting um, that goes on there. So you know, I can tell you, and in, in, through analytics, we can tell you over the last six weeks that you know, twenty-seven percent of your customers calling in um, have had negative sentiment, have been you know, kind of ticked off and, and TO'd um, when before they even got to our rep. And then we can look at some of the keywords and some of the things that they're saying and, and come up with a plan that not only helps our reps. Uh, but helps the customer actually, you know, get to the bottom of their problem. A lot of the times, it's not even uh, it's not even the associates. It's the it's the self service model. It's the IVR. It's it's when they went to the website and the LinkedIn work. You know, all those things you know come into play, but you don't know about any of that if all you're focused on is first call resolution, service level, talk times, after call work, those types of metrics. So people need to expand that. Uh, we're going to talk in depth about that. But I think that that's a, a really important one. And you know, if, if I had to reorder these, I would probably put that as, as my number one thing of, of why you know, we look at and don't understand why, why maybe your call center stinks. Number five of seven of why people's, and hopefully not yours, but probably your call center stinks is, is something that we have seen growing and growing and growing. And that is the dependence of self-service channels only. I am a huge believer in self-service. 
I think that if you have a well-done IVR, if you have an awesome chatbot that can handle you know, the texting aspect, if you have a really good um, web portal for them to for customers to, to handle any of their issues, those are all great. You know, but we're not all Facebook, we're not all Google. And Facebook and Google, you know, you have to really, really look. If you can find a 1-800 number, you know, it's almost, it's a needle in a haystack. So a lot of startups that we see take that model. And they say, you know what, I don't really want to pay. So just email me or maybe 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 have chat, right? Uh, but for a lot of customers um, and a lot of companies, they're just offering self-service channels or one channel that is a non-voice channel um, to customers. And, and, and it's super frustrating. You know, that's a that's a penny wise and, and dollar foolish um, aspect, I believe, you know, and, and I don't understand why you don't want to talk to your customer. There's so many things that you can do and so many relationships that you can form when you talk to your customers. Um, you can sell them more. You can get them to engage with you more. You can get them to, to like you and to want to buy more products from you. So stop pushing away your customers. Stop, stop, you know, with this, you know just jamming one one channel or, or even a, just a self-service model down people's throats. As you can tell, I'm, I'm not a big advocate of that. So we'll talk more about that. Um, number six is, is something that I hold very dear to my heart, and that's poor call center culture. And I bet you, for the majority of you, most of you would say that your culture of your contact center is not where you'd want it to be. For the other, maybe half of you, there's probably half of you that don't even know, you know, really what that means. What is my call center culture? We're going to talk about this in the next podcast. That's going to be next week because it's something that I think is really important and I think it's something that can give you instant gratification and instant success in your call center and can really help. So just to give you kind of a, a brief touch on that, here at Expedia, our culture is a sunshine attitude with an entrepreneurial mindset. And that sounds like a lot of fluff. I get it. But what that boils down to is attitude and effort. So those are the two pillars that we hire on. We don't hire um, a rep, a C-level employee, a programmer, unless they go through some things that we've developed in our HR, our HR interviewing process to really find out if, if they have the right attitude and effort to be an employee here. We incent, we promote, we hire. Anything that we do, when it comes to you know giving something more to employees or expecting something from our employees, has to hit those two pieces of, of our culture. So, you know, many call centers you know struggle with: should we be loud, a loud call center? Should we be quiet? Am I looking for people who just want to work on their own? Am I looking for people who want to work in a team? You know, all those things define your company, define your culture, define you know some of the things that that you really need to look at. So. It helps to have a you know a, a statement that you can really build a you know have your your foundation on, and then we're going to discuss a lot of those other types of topics of, of, of how do you interact with reps, how should interacts reps interact on the floor? Is your call center fun? I bet you most of you would say no, it's not fun. It's miserable. So we're going to talk about some of those things: how to make it fun, how to change your culture, how to evolve that, and we're going to do that next week. And the last number seven. Of why your call center stinks, and I bet you a lot of you are, are doing this as well, and it's poor management training. How many of you are just 
may be struggling. You have you have a couple supervisors or whatever you call them, leads um, who have left, and you have some really good employees and, and some really good associates that you automatically you know move to the head of the class, give make them a supervisor, and they struggle, right? And you're you kind of scratching your head, thinking these people were so good, so on the phone, so well respected. How could they be so so terrible? And my question to you is, what what did you do to help them? It's two different jobs, right? Two different jobs. One is is you know working in your own world, um, doing just your job. The second one is is trying to deal with people and trying to lead people, trying to get everybody moving in the same direction. And those are two specifically almost counterintuitive skill sets that that go against each other. So we're going to discuss that in in depth as well. So really, a lot of these topics of the seven reasons. Um, you know, we'll take into a, a, a deeper accord and, and really discuss in depth to try to try to help those of you who are dealing with some of these issues and, and try to get you out of that and try to try to make your call center better. So I hope you enjoyed this. This is kind of the point of this. I, I want to try to, again, make your contact centers better. I want to do this in an enjoyable format. I want to talk about things maybe that a lot of people don't talk about when it comes to the call center, when, it, you know, dealing with culture and in dealing, you know, a lot of people talk about training and they talk about uh, how to get proper service levels and the routing. And, you know, I, I want to talk at a higher level than that. Um, I want to make your call center fun. I want to make it enjoyable. I want to make your customers like talking to you. So we're going to keep doing this. Um, I, I hope that, you know, this kind of gets out. If if any of you would like more information on some of this, again, as a, as a cheap, I guess, a cheap plug, um, Advice from a Call Center Geek is a book that that's out there. It's on Amazon. You just kind of search for it. Um, you know, we're, we have a website that's coming up for the podcast as well <clears throat> that will be um, coming here after the first of the year. But I hope you enjoyed, uh, you know, our, our inaugural initial uh, podcast. I don't know if it's good or not. We'll, we'll get better as we go. I promise. But and next week we're going to talk about culture, and we're going to talk, you know, how culture trumps everything in your call center, and if you can evolve and, and change that the right way. You know, all the things that we're going to talk about down the road are going to be easier. So, again, thank you guys ever for, for listening. Um, again, my name is Tom Laird. I am uh, I'm the call center geek, and I'll, I'll talk to you uh, next week.